Oh, back to this old nonsense. Say hello to your two fans. Oh, Hyro and Andy. <laughs> I thought you forgot the last one for a second. <clears throat> I was uh, I was asleep 20 minutes ago. Had my alarm <laughs> set for this. I took a nap myself, honestly. I kept falling asleep during The Wolfman. And, uh, it's a sign of a good movie. It's not that long. It's not even two hours long. And uh, mm. I could not do it this morning. Could not make it through. <laughs> <clears throat> so our recording is delayed an hour mainly so I could get yet one more catnap in before talking about it. <coughs> and uh, boy, did I do a ton of research on it. I have <laughs> Wikipedia open. <laughs> more, more than it deserves. <laughs> I think I'm going to sort of do the podcast version of just freeballing it here and not even open the MDB. <laughs> I don't really need it, do I? Benicio, uh, Anthony Hopkins. in it. Uh... Younger, younger Emily Blunt she hasn't really aged in ten years. I was say she just she looks about the same, honestly. I actually had the we're already off the rails here. Uh, yeah. Question <laughs> to you though, my dog just came in and belched. Uh, I think he, actually, I think he just threw up on the carpet. So that's pretty much <laughs> the same experience of watching the movie. <laughs> oh, it takes many forms. Yeah. I'm recording, but I think I'm just going to leave that part in, but I'll cut this part out. How about that? Okay. My wife doesn't want to be on Sober Cinema, but the dog is more than fun, having all of his shame put out there for the world. He's already put out more than uh, more than I already have. Coming in and throwing up on the carpet is a better performance <laughs> than anything I've been able to do. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, a single malt, Glen Olivet, Glen Fittick, perhaps, maybe Glen Gow, any Glen. I'm Rundgren. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. <sighs> All right, where was I? Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um... You know, talking about Emily Blunt not aging. Uh, how long has Anthony Hopkins looked like an old man? Like his entire <laughs> career? He must have jumped in that Lazarus pit when he was about 55 or 60 because he's perpetually looked about 60 years old the entire time I've known his career. Admittedly, I've not kept up with, uh, and here's where the research comes in, uh, what he's been doing, I guess, lately. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you go from, I don't know, Silence of the Lambs to... Uh, what was that one where he was instinct, where he thought he was an ape? That, that, that was like in 1999. I thought about instinct a lot when I was watching the Wolfman and, uh, cause I just finally caught up with instinct for another podcast I do. And, uh, it's better. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, I've not seen it in a long time, but I'd imagine it's still better than what we had know, to watch. It's just more, I don't know. At a certain point, I think they realized, uh, this is pretty stupid. So let's just make it amusing. Lean it. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. got that memo because I think he weeps in, in the film. <laughs> 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 certain point. <laughs> Talk about having no shame. He basically did what my dog did. He just threw up there for all of us to see. Uh, filmography. Uh, I'll have this. Goddamn Wikipedia. I, th- I tell you, if you try to look up Anthony Hopkins and his career, donate. <laughs> uh, list of Anthony Hopkins performances is its own separate page. So. Yeah, he's been working since 1967, and there's an awful lot of, awful lot of shit here. 
he was the voice in Beowulf. That seems right up his alley, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Totally uh, he was just that. in uh, uh, the Two Popes. Well, I think, I guess, was he nominated? Uh, that Netflix movie that obviously I did not watch. <laughs> so you're speaking of things that I have <laughs> no idea about. Uh, Thor's father. He's in the Thor movies. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Thor's father. <laughs> not even Odin. No. I I'm not gonna like diminish the man's. Uh, you know, he's he's held in high regards as an actor, but as a comic book fan, I don't think I ever thought, you know who would be a good Odin? Uh, about <laughs> five foot two, Anthony Hopkins. He's <laughs> wake up Anthony Hopkins. He's a very <laughs> imposing uh, Scandinavian type of figure. He just no, had a new know. movie uh, premiere at the Sundance Film Festival called The Father, and it's got uh, uh, sober cinema favorite, uh, Imogen Poots. Or maybe that's just a Jared... Dotson favorite, just saying that last name, the unfortunate last name. Yeah, that's about my uh, that's about my level of humor, I suppose. You have his, fans. Uh, you have two. <laughs> to share it. <laughs> his uh, his filmography. I'm not waiting. Yeah, main article list of Anthony Hopkins performances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, how special you are. <laughs> I wonder how many get that. I wonder how many credits before uh, you know some. Someone does us that service of uh, compiling this this list, but <laughs> you fit in so much that all right, enough. We've got to put it on its own different page. God bless. I'll it say really this: uh, they do mention uh, before you actually get to the list in the like uh, pretty long paragraph. It says the 2000s saw him in the films "The World's Fastest Indian" from 2005. <laughs> Haven't seen that. Fracture 2007. Didn't see that. Uh, the Wolfman is the third one listed for the 2000s. I don't know. Maybe you or I, if we were dedicated enough, we'd probably fix that paragraph. Uh, I don't know how many people are demanding a sober cinema episode for the world's fastest Indian, but oh my God, click on the poster for this. What is it? The world's, uh, what year is it? 2005. The world's fastest Indian. It's a New Zealand film. (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll try to, uh, I've only done this for one other episode. Uh, I think it's the much reviled sober cinema that neither you or Josh are on, where I actually did some uh, show artwork that would pop up when we mentioned something that oh. looked. It was well, we were picking on a human being who looked ridiculous. Oh. So I will try to put that in right now if I'm not too lazy. <laughs> the poster for the world's fastest Indian, starring Anthony Hopkins, and boy, does he have a look! Tagline: All my life, I've wanted to do something big. <laughs> That feels like it's <laughs> the poster and the tagline. That seems like it's tailor made for us. There's some some sort of. So I wonder who's in charge of the font for this. Like someone someone's making about twelve bucks an hour. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, there is a trouble spot uh, here. Uh, Hopkins portrayal of a New Zealander is uh, is right underneath historical accuracy. So someone was upset. I'm guessing uh, at this. Oh. It's a very early outrage culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. 2006. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we had that back in 2006. Yeah, basically saying his accent uh, wasn't uh, up to, I guess, Kiwi snuff, which is, is fine. Whatever. Why didn't you, you get a real New Zealander? There's not enough New Zealanders <laughs> in the film. And- <laughs> uh, I'll have to admit, I didn't probably even know what New Zealand was until Lord of the Rings movies were like, hey, that's Middle Earth. That's where they shot it. They got a bunch of orcs together. Like, that's that's New Zealand for me. 
Uh, I think their uh, tourism economy is just fine with that, too, being Middle Earth. I don't think they're complaining. All right, so we've got another episode of the world's fastest Indian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently it was a big uh, Christmas gift. DVD, December 2006. Uh, we missed I can't that one. Imagine oh. the amount of children that got to open up their <laughs> world's fastest Indian DVD. <laughs> Our parents Christmas. did not love us, clearly. Um, me and Jared are going to talk the... Uh, just, uh, just about, I guess we just missed the 10 year anniversary for the Wolfman. So I'm sure we missed the hashtag for it oh, celebrating yeah. its release on uh, February 12th, Valentine's day weekend, 2010. And what were me and my good buddy Jared doing Valentine's day weekend, going to see the Wolfman <laughs> together. And boy, were we fucking pumped for it. <laughs> As we always are. <laughs> always. <clears throat> Disappointing. Our, uh... Our movie weekends are a real disaster when you start <laughs> digging into the history of what we get excited for and what we're given. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the reason we're doing this little discussion this episode is uh, because uh, it sort of rounds off pretty nicely. Uh, not quite, off by a couple weeks, but uh, The Invisible Man just came out. So Universal doing another another reboot of a monster movie. And, you know, in true sober cinema fashion, I think the reason we've already gone off the rails talking about the world's fastest Indian, Anthony Hopkins, all of that is because there's a, you know, not quite the quality for the Wolfman, but as far as for podcasting, uh, infinitely more interesting. I don't know. I, I actually, we watched the invisible man yesterday and I don't even know what your take is on it. So, uh, should we, should we not, uh, you know, bury the lead there? That's probably why if anyone's clicking on this show, they're probably clicking cause it's got the invisible man in the title. So what were your thoughts on that? Uh, I thought it was a pretty uh, fresh take on it. I I came out of it liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, it shows your true how... friendship to me. I was like, hey, you want to see the Invisible Man do a podcast? And you're like, <laughs> sure, if the weather's not bad. <laughs> um, I, the more that I pondered on it after we got out of it, though, there's some, uh, there's some leaps of faith with the story that the uh, – the story is wanting you to make as far as <clears throat> the uh, quote unquote villain. I guess some of the um, I can't. I don't really want to go into it too much, but well, you know what? We'll just go ahead and say that uh, we may we may get into spoilers, uh, certainly for the older film. But uh, as we are recording this on opening weekend for the Invisible Man, I guess if you want to go in completely fresh, um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it is somewhat hard to spoil because I, I feel like it's. Yeah. It's just a modern version of a monster movie, and I think they mm -hmm. pretty clearly define who the monster is. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to go on the record and be like, actually, the Invisible Man, he had some good <laughs> points. <laughs> he was mistreated <laughs> and backed into a corner like a feral oh, cat. <laughs> if you want to piss off film Twitter, boy, go for that angle. We need each other, don't we? Are you okay? Hurry, please. Wherever you go. Hello? I'm standing right behind you. I know you better than anyone else in the world. He has figured out a way to be invisible. You too. Please listen to me. I know you feel like you're going insane sometimes. I'm the only one who can help you. I see you! It's it still, you know, it was, it definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be going into it, so I was, I was pleased with how it ended up. It, um... Man, talk about being able to do more with less as far as uh, a scary, intense movie because there's an absence of um, score, absence of sound or music in that movie, and shots of actually nothing, and it's still it's like incredibly tense. 
I was thinking as I watched it, um, usually when you see these Invisible Man movies, and I don't think I've ever, I don't know, you're, you may have seen the original being, uh, you know, always more not into it because you're, you're the horror I, guy here. I didn't watch the original. I remember all the stupid, like, <clears throat> 90s and 2000s. What was it? Like Kevin Bacon or something? Yeah, that was Hollow Man. Um, Hollow Man, stuff like that. Wasn't there, was there a, like a Chevy Chase one that was like a comedy? Like, I felt like there was something like that in the remember. 90s. Uh, usually, I guess my, my point was, is I was watching it and I thought it was somewhat refreshing, even though it's a pretty, you know, dark, I guess, <laughs> depressing take on it. It's about an abused woman uh, mm-hmm. who, who can't, can't get over it psychologically uh, and, you know, practically speaking, because uh, everything she believes about being followed and stalked, uh, uh, taken up to 11 because <laughs> the guy's <laughs> invisible. So, uh, but even with like something like the hollow man, which shares a lot of the, I guess the sort of classic qualities as far as like you give a guy that much power and uh, suddenly he gets all mm-hmm. handsy, rapey and homicidal. But even that one <laughs> is from his perspective. And I think it's a lot mm-hmm. creepier when, I mean, for a long stretch here, we don't even like we don't even really meet this guy as far as like a speaking presence. Like the opening sequence is her mm-hmm. like fleeing the house, trying to get away from him while he's uh, drugged up and asleep. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not Kevin Bacon giving like this kind of cheesy monologue as he splashes water on his <laughs> invisible face. Uh, and I I did I you know I dig that. Now I saw some. <laughs> I made the mistake of loading up Twitter today because uh, I'm like, well, it's this is sort of the, sort of the premise. Oh, of, always a mistake. Yeah, uh, you know, the premise of this show is we kind of we react a little bit to the reaction, so we don't usually do like a newer movie. So I mean, we're not. It's not like we have like years to to look back on like you know how it's how it's aged. But I generally thought, okay, this one's gonna get favorable reviews, and uh, I don't know if you have it up. But I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, is fairly high on this one. It was well. I checked it yesterday. It was around like ninety, or okay. maybe exactly ninety percent, something like that. That's really high for a horror movie, a, a Bloomhouse horror mm-hmm. movie. Which you talk about doing more with less. Like the budget on these two, <laughs> this new Invisible Man movie is seven million, and the 2010 Wolfman was 150 million. So, uh, you know, one one is definitely trying to put, I guess, all the the goods on the screen. But if you think about it, like what. Why do they need to spend that much for the Invisible Man movie? But before it gets, <laughs> you know, before it starts to get cheesy looking and goofy, like this, this type of monster can lend itself to, I guess, unfortunate comedy more so. Which is, I never thought I'd say this. I guess why I'm glad <laughs> it's about an abused woman and her abuser because it's, <laughs> yeah, it, with that in mind, you can't really laugh at you know the silliness of like a plate being smashed over right. someone's head or anything like that because of uh, the dynamic between the two characters. There's a necessary tone for all of it yeah. that you have to accept. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I got on Twitter, um, like I, I saw there's a woman that was saying like – basically was framing it like uh, she saw at least at least one. I don't know. She didn't like link them, uh, which while I guess being polite uh, made it harder for me because <laughs> I wanted to see who she was like <laughs> subtweeting. Uh, basically was saying that she had read uh, reviews by men who didn't get it, which I, I – Look, I, I liked Invisible Man, but I'm I'm thinking it's a fairly easy film to get as far as the concept. Like, so, so I wanted to see what what do these guys say? Like, did they did they defend this Invisible Man character as like someone like <laughs> like he's John Cusack from High Fidelity? Like, well, he was just broken hearted, and he was just trying to revisit a woman that broke up with him. <laughs> you have to be incredibly obtuse to have some sort of 
positive portrayal of this <laughs> movie monster. Which, uh, you know, that's with these classic monsters in particular, they usually are trying to make them some sort of misunderstood, like, anti-hero. Some sort of humanity lying beneath the monster, yeah. Benicio Del Toro, his version of it has that. I mean, he's not an abusive guy. There's odd little traits in The Wolfman where he's like an actor. He's a stage actor who was... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sent to an, an asylum when he was a child for for daring to say, "Hey, my, my dad killed <laughs> my my mom," and they're like, "No, he didn't, son. Now you're committed." Like that. Like I feel like the film plays dirty pool where at different points, uh, I guess you know, due to his uh, indoctrination, maybe when he was younger, they just show a flashback to his dad awkwardly standing over his mom with a cut throat. But I'm mm. I'm thinking. Isn't that just equally as terrifying as if your dad turned into a monster? Like, he still looks like the murderer. Like, I don't understand why they didn't find that believable. Like, no, the <laughs> Anthony Hopkins could never do such a thing. So there was a different form of gaslighting for the Benicio Del Toro character that doesn't really make as much sense <laughs> as it does with Elizabeth Moss. But I did see, like, I gathered who she was talking about with one, and it was this, uh, I guess, young man now, who I also will be polite and not name him, but his claim to fame mm-hmm. was... Uh, that he became a movie critic when he was a kid. And it was like his <laughs> stage parents would roll out this kid on talk shows. And it's like, <laughs> wow, watch this like 10 year old, like talk about inception. <laughs> and, like I remember, I, you know what? I'll, I won't name him, but I'll, I'll let someone else do the dirty work for me. There's a Howard Stern clip where he just like attacks this child for being a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> Why would I? Why would I take my like you know movie watching cues from a kid who like clearly doesn't understand what he's watching? It's just like that's so weird. It was a weird movie. So, yeah, I'll drop that in right here. Mm, there's a lot going on there. Hey, can I make a commentary on something that's going on on CBS Early Morning Show? They have a kid, an 11 year old kid who's a movie reviewer, and I resent it. Like I, I have to admit, the kid's a freak. He's 11 years old, and he sounds like he's going on 50. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, but. You know, I, the, the thing that bothers me about this, and I can play you a clip of this kid, and he's he's real. It's really impressive that he sounds like an adult. He's one of those kids that sounds all grown up, mm-hmm. and he reviews movies. He reviews movies, and it's just like when I was watching it, he was reviewing the the movie was coming out the uh, the new movie uh, Inception. Yeah, which I mean, some filmmakers spent endless hours conceiving, putting it on film. I mean, it is a remarkable film. And imagine going through all that, and then you tune in the CBS Morning, and an eleven-year-old is reviewing your movie and saying he doesn't like it for bizarre reasons. Because, I I mean, honestly, I I mean that would drive me crazy. It's really an insult. It is. I I can't trivialize it because the guy's an artist. The guy who made Inception is an incredible filmmaker. He 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 made uh, what are the other movies? Memento. Memento. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Batman movie. Batman Batman uh, again. And when you see the Dark Knight, the Dark. Dark And when you make when you make a movie and you're that great a filmmaker, you don't really. It's sort of insulting. It's really disrespectful. It really is. So here he is. This kid is. here, JD page one in red. You got to hear this kid. Oh, it's freakish though. I'm always freaked out by these kids who are like little adults who sound so yeah. mature. There, here he is. It's called. The, the it's segment called, is called. What is it called? Lights, camera, Jackson. Jackson, because the guy's the kid's name is Jackson. 
Just as most of us look forward to summer blockbuster movies, we here at The Early Show have started looking forward to movie reviews because 11-year-old Lights Camera Jackson does them like no one else. LCJ, good morning. Can I call you Lights for short? Yes, you can. Good morning, good morning, everyone. There he is. All right, let's talk some movies here. Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's mind-blowing. What is this movie about? I don't really know. It's dreams within dreams within dreams. He can control your mind. Really confusing. The movie isn't really made for people my age. So I didn't find it really appealing or that much entertaining. I mean, visually it's stunning, but it's so confusing. I couldn't understand any of it. Lights, I'm 40 years old. I don't think the movie... Because you're 11 years old. Of course you don't understand it. Who would have an 11-year-old movie review? Why would you ask him about Inception? But, and waste all that time. That's right. It's valuable time. Well, what it is is they needed a reason to get this freakishly adult-like child on. Like, listen, I mean, what 11-year-old talks like this? Yeah, but to subject a, a, a multi-million dollar film. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> for me. I saw it the other day. It is uh, visually, it's, it's actually pretty good. Yes. I mean, Chris Nolan's onto something here, you know, of classic Dark Knight fame and whatnot. But you just found this to be a real kind of perplexing, a little too perplexing for some. Yeah, huh? it's really confusing. And they, the characters explain the plot as dialogue, which I didn't like. That's one of my movie pet peeves. The Ellen Page character is only there to just ask questions and get answers. Thank heavens, though, she was in the movie. Otherwise, I never would have understood Nobody a thing. Nobody would have gotten it without Ellen Page. But, you know... It is what it is. All right. Yeah. So why don't we... He has pet peeves. He has pet peeves. He's 11 years old. You're not allowed to have a pet peeve. <laughs> you need life You haven't experience. been on the planet long enough to have a pet peeve. Exactly. I think I, I looked him up. I think he's on locally in upstate New York, and I think he's won an Emmy. Wow. That's insulting. He, he's a freak show. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and that's what? coming from George. <laughs> <laughs> I take great umbrage with that. You know what? I didn't start using the phrase pet peeve till I was 47. I'm being serious. Oh, it's a but, teenage phrase now, too, I think. Well, evidently. It's preteen. Yeah, preteen with him. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, listen to this kid. I mean, he's 11 years old. And I admit, it's it's quite phenomenal when you see a kid 11 years old speaking on this level but uh, as George says he's just a freak show this kid we bring up the official kid critic report card yes. grading system it's official. Kid critic report card. this is official inception gets a C Howard Stern the hero anyway deserves. yeah uh, he was ahead of his time, you know, anonymous uh, Twitter lady. Uh, he was attacking him when he was a child. Now you're attacking him as a legal adult. <laughs> but uh, the the main crux of this uh, this young man now, his uh, his review is that uh, you literally watch uh, nothing happen for long stretches. And he's not wrong. Like, I, I, I found it. That's good. That's the point. That's, yeah, I mean, he's he's... What he's saying is true, but it like worked yeah. for me. Like I'm like, well, it's a movie about an Invisible Man and stalking, and I I thought back to one of our our favorites. It follows where it's like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you just watch this thing slowly walk towards you. I mean, what's so scary? It's just so slow. It's like, yeah, you're you're being like right on the nose as far as what you're actually seeing on screen. But there is like a certain, as you said, a certain tone that you hit where yeah. uh, you get into the movie. But um, <laughs> it was one of those things where I disagree with him, but also felt like, well. We don't have to kill this guy for like stating the obvious. You know, he could, it, basically, he's just saying it's just not my bag. It's not my not my thing. It didn't work for me. I can understand where it's aggravating. I I suppose to have that sort of angle played to it. Uh, it takes such a small leap of buying into the movie to really enjoy that sort of 
you know, we have long periods where we just stare at doorways and, uh, you know, empty hallways and stuff. But I, I'm of the mindset of what's creepy and what's scary usually is the fact that we can't see or don't see something or don't know where something is. So that, I don't know, that. Well, hasn't yeah, everyone like, it really worked? Hasn't I mean, everyone just like you've been in a house alone at night watching TV or reading or something, and you just hear like you know you hear a sound that, that just unsettles you, like you know just like that shouldn't mm-hmm. be there. And of course, with me, I have Brody when he's not vomiting at the mention of the <laughs> Wolfman. <laughs> you know, he, he barks at any number of things. I'm thinking, okay, is that an actual threat or not? And you just sit sort of in the stillness of it, and uh, you know it can kind of work on your mind, like the, the absence mm-hmm. of anything, like somehow proves like, Oh, there must be something like whoever it is has decided to be quiet now before they kill me. <laughs> Almost too quiet. And given the buy into this film that, you know, it's like, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like some of the criticisms I'm seeing, like, um, that it, it gets a bit ridiculous is almost saying that the film is so good for the first two thirds that you forgot that this is a, <laughs> A movie about basically a mad scientist who's able to turn himself mm-hmm. invisible and has not been that's never been shown in human history and even in this world like it is something that people will just would not consider realistic that's why she's you know being gaslit for most of the film <laughs> and it's like when the film reveals that like well this is kind of hokey i'm like but it, it is the actual invisible man like i'm wondering if some people's issue with it was they wanted to just be purely a psychological thriller and they didn't want a literal invisible man, which is a way to play it. But I guarantee you there'd be far more backlash uh, from the <laughs> mainstream viewers. If there was no invisible man in a movie called the invisible man, I didn't see this as a big problem in the movie, but I could definitely tell that it shifted from something that was, uh, it, it looked and felt like an art piece for the first, like you said, two thirds of the movie. And then we get into actual like sci-fi, Fisticuffs. You know, for lack of for lack of better term, nonsense, <laughs> yeah. but still enjoyable watch for the last third of the movie. I was like, this is like this movie has like it's like jigsaw pieces that don't like fit together, but still the big picture like it goes somewhere. Just <laughs> I don't know if that that makes sense, but it's like uh, I'm trying to think of a uh, there's a movie called The Guest. Did you watch that? It was very. Uh, I don't uh, think I've seen that one. It was very much in that vein of like drive. It's just like feels like a cool movie. It's got like mm-hmm. that sort of cool soundtrack and it's got like a cool character, like stoic that doesn't say much. And I, I actually had probably more issues with that than something like the invisible man here. Uh, but very similar criticisms where it's like the more I found out about this mysterious character, uh, the less interested I was in the movie. Yep. And I'm like, do I hold that against the film where I'm like, okay, they actually had to get to the story. They actually had to tell a story. And it's like, I want them to be in this yeah. weird holding pattern where it's like, nah, just let them be cool. And we'll just be cool for like four hours straight and nothing will really happen. <laughs> it's a weird criticism to, yeah. to give to a writer and director. Well, you, you have to finish the story. You know, you have to have something happen at the end of the story. Like, uh, it was really cool. Like seeing like his footprints on the blanket. And that's like really creepy knowing that he's there. And like, Confirmation you confirmation and you know all the stuff that they do in that first two thirds really works on all levels for me but we got to end the movie somehow you can't just have him wandering around invisible terrorizing (laughs) this woman man (laughs) you know that's something that uh 
having watched Hollow Man recently for another podcast, uh, a much lesser podcast, uh, I might add, uh, than this, because it's got <laughs> the, the first uh, guest host of Sober Cinema, uh, Dave, from a podcast directed by, and we got uh, a listener review from Hiro saying it was the worst thing he'd ever listened to, so I guess he'll never be back on the show. <laughs> oh, that's good old Hiro. Um but Superfan Hyro did not approve of it. But we we did uh, we covered Hollow Man on one of the months of a podcast directed by, and that never really you know maintains that sort of cool tone. Like it, they sort of embrace the cheese, uh, and I, I just I feel like you just don't care as much. Like people are just set up to to die, and they do have a couple supporting characters uh, here that. They look like meat shields, like you, you know, you you thinking, okay, like that's that's their only purpose, uh, but because of the pace of the film, uh, and because they do seem like real people, like I said, for the first two thirds, when it's just sort of a, a, a melodrama, I don't want anything to happen to them. And something like Hollow Man, <laughs> I don't really care what happens to any of them. Like that's it's <laughs> like we've all been like told like these people are here to die, and I'm like, all right, get to the carnage. Like that's it, and it's it's disposable and it's forgettable. This is one like I came back to it and I told my wife i was like i think you'd dig it like i'd I'd like to see your take on it. i could see you know definitely someone who's been in this type of situation i don't know i never know what this type of subject matter um this is kind of an offshoot of something else we talked about last night when we watched it uh we were talking about jojo rabbit and i was saying i was i understood people saying like i don't feel comfortable with that you know those atrocities being made light of um where i disagree with them was like basically them <laughs> wanting it to not like no one has the right to make this movie and it's like no you have the right to not watch it I feel the same way with Invisible Man as far as like I can see in particular women in this situation it might not be a good time out at the movies like because it does feel it just feels real at the beginning before it gets ridiculous uh, <laughs> and that's that's hard that's a, that's a hard bridge uh, and I don't know if they're totally successful at it like I don't I don't think it's like one of the greatest horror movies I've ever seen uh, wow. But like you, I was actually surprised at how into it I was for for long stretches, uh, and then I uh, I was like, oh, do I do I give credit to the, the anniversary of the Wolfman for the reason that me and Jared are going out <laughs> to see the Invisible Man? And I do not, <laughs> I do not give credit to it. Well, if it could have at least did one thing, right? It got us to watch Invisible Man, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um. Uh, to your point, um. Uh, backtracking a little bit, like. I just think horror fans are so used to being fed shit for lack of a better term that we come in expecting nonsense and shit from the get go. And it was just, it was really refreshing to have like an actual serious movie. And you're, you're not having all the, the uh, schlock and nonsense that you have in a, in a horror movie. So that was, which you do get a lot of. And the sad wolfman. My dear fellow, I wish I could tell you that the tragedy that has beset your life was over. But I'm afraid the darkest hours of hell lie before you. I don't think they'll kill you, Lawrence. But they will blame you. The beast will have its day. The beast will out. Sad Wolfman. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the the entire backstory, <laughs> of the dead mother that I referenced, and I mean, not only that, but he's he's brought into the case. Uh, strangely, is this <laughs> investigator who is a stage actor, uh, which really only seems 
to be in play there for like a freak out scene later when he's like getting shock therapy so he can like quote Shakespeare. Uh, otherwise, I didn't. It really doesn't play in, though. No. no. Um, there's an accusation made by Agent Smith here uh, showing up as the <laughs> inspector from Scotland Yard where he's like, well, you're an actor on screen, so maybe you're just uh, fooling us all into thinking you're not the Wolfman. I'm like, is that all it takes? Is just like a stone face? And the I'm like, I, aren't there other things that come into play here? Like, does that mean he's an actor? He can rip heads off like with his bare hands? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you look at these scenes of carnage. Like, you did a fine Hamlet, sir. <laughs> You are entirely <laughs> capable of murdering 15 gypsies and uh, just nonsense. Yeah, the setup here, it makes you think. It make, it gave more credit to me for The Invisible Man um, for different reasons. I actually like The Wolfman that it's a period piece. I like that they didn't modernize it. I remember at the time thinking, like, oh, I'm glad it's not, you know, <laughs> The Wolfman takes Manhattan or anything. Like, <laughs> where it's set in 2010. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> well, knowing knowing the <laughs> outcome, I wish they had. Yeah, I, could, I mean, it, you know, take your shot now, right? Like, <laughs> uh, but that being said, like, they really muck up the backstory here, and it's it's like it's convoluted. Uh, you know, it, it's solved like yeah, beautifully uh, with Elizabeth Moss in the opening sequence, just trying to get out of a house quietly and just escape this this guy who in that in that time period is in just a physical form. But it, it, I mean, that whole scene works here, <laughs> and all they have to do in the Visible Man is I think they just show her running through like kind of like a computer lab where it's like you can see weird gadgetry yeah. in the background and. All of that. And you established that he's like this super scientist, but obviously there's something wrong to where right. she was. The main to get concern out. is that yeah. he's abusive. Like, whatever it is, she's yeah. petrified of him. The Wolfman, uh, I don't know, as you said, like this, this camp of gypsies, uh, people are attacked, uh, this brother is attacked. And what was he trying to find out? Like, you know, was he, <laughs> was he getting too close to the Wolfman? Um, I can't tell at what point in the film it's supposed to be a reveal. I guess this is, you know, spoiler alert for the Wolfman 10 years later. At what point is it supposed to be surprising that this incredibly cold, distant father played by Anthony Hopkins is the Wolfman? Because you pretty much as soon as he enters the scene, you're like, oh, that's probably there's the beast right there. Look at him. He's already kind of hairy. He's kind of short, ill tempered. Uh, doesn't seem that Short warm. <laughs> he must not love, uh, you know, the, the craft of acting because he doesn't seem to be too warm. Uh, welcoming his son, son home. <laughs> one of them's dead. Uh, the only one showing any emotion is Emily Blunt, who's, I guess, grieving her fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it goes on for like, you know, it's an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, I think the film, I don't know. I feel like, uh, like with The Invisible Man, it would have just been better served if. You just have like Benicio is just the Wolfman. Whatever curse he has, if it's a, a family curse, what have you, if it's, if it's like Teen Wolf where he just wakes up one day getting ready to go be <laughs> Hamlet, <laughs> he's got fucking hair covering his entire face. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, um, you know, the CSI Wolfman stuff when really none of it matters because it's the only reveals that Anthony Hopkins literally gives him the wolf eyes and like locks him in a cage. And it's like now you are a Wolfman, like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. It feels like it feels like as an action movie. Uh, strangely, the smaller budget Invisible Man works better as an action movie with a character who you can't see on screen. Mm-hmm. And this hundred fifty million dollar Wolfman fails at that. I uh, don't. I don't. It's not really scary. I will say the one positive is I do like that the the way the Wolfman looks in his completed form. He looks like the classic 
monster. Like they, yeah. you know, it looks like it's, I don't know, it fits. They didn't really try to mess with it too much uh, and try to do a modern take that probably would not have uh, aged as well 10 years later. Uh, but that's, uh, that's about, about it. I don't know. I, I as I, I'm being honest when I said I fell asleep multiple times this morning trying to, <laughs> trying to get through it on my beloved stars, which I still love. I love, love your stars. <laughs> that's how I watched it as well. Um, yeah, I, you pretty much nailed it. Um, it was very obviously an homage and uh, a remake of the old one. It had that um, <clears throat> it had that look about it. A lot of the uh, far off shots of the silhouettes of the trees while he's you know that that type of thing. Um, obviously chasing the woman through the woods. That's all the old nineteen forty one version. I enjoyed some of that, but it is spectacularly one of the most or one of the least scariest films I think I've ever watched. Like there. I don't know why it's like they tried to make it an action film for some reason. And it's very obviously supposed to be a creep out. This is like one of the Mount Rushmore of monsters like Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, the mummy. I mean, this is, this is like one of the old ones and like, they just, they take this and just, I, I don't know, like all this whole like Shakespearean nonsense with his father and i'm the wolf man you're the wolf man now we fight to the death sort of i I don't know do you think there was someone uh, that was a big fan of this that said he anthony hopkins he's gonna be odin he's gonna be thor's pop pop (laughs) that he doesn't really get along with too well (laughs) or is is anthony hopkins just like in a range of like he's old (laughs) this guy's old (laughs) he's old he has the accent (laughs) he happens to have a beard right now you don't, I, I you don't, don't know, even man. get like Benicio, like he's kind of known for uh, playing quirky characters or uh, maybe hamming it up a little bit. Like going back to, uh, I guess, what I would consider his like breakout role in like the usual suspects, where it's like he's playing with this oh, yeah. almost like indecipherable like accent. Like even so much so that the other characters in the film seem to question, like, what? What'd you say? Like, speak <laughs> English. Uh, and here, I had forgotten because I thought, like, okay, uh, one thing I remembered was that. Uh, sequence. I actually was trying to like, you know, advertise your return to podcasting with the GIF, and the only thing I could get from Wolfman <laughs> was him tied up in the chair. Uh, I guess, and yet again, oh, his, yeah, his return people. to the insane asylum, where this doctor somehow gets a crowd of like a hundred old dudes to be like, "All right, we're gonna watch this guy not turn into a wolf when the full moon." Is revealed. Even I'm, for that time period, that doesn't seem like that's particularly scientific. I'm going to show uh, you something that doesn't happen. Like, and everybody's like, "Oh, great! <laughs> that's going to be fascinating." Like, I don't know. Very cruel. Where they're like, "We're we're going to prove this guy. You're not a wolf. You're nothing, and you're just going to sit there tied up with a gag in your mouth." I, I don't know what the selling point was, other than it's a, you know, it sets up a, a lot of carnage, possibly for the Wolfman that actually doesn't happen. He's actually very precise in who he kills. He kills like mm-hmm. the abusive guard and like the abusive doctor and everyone else who was in the crowd <laughs> who bought, you know, paid their, their two shillings <laughs> to see him in agony. <laughs> he lets live. Um, doesn't really seem like that great of a payoff either. If you happen to be wrong, if I'm right, then it's just, we've tied up this crazy person. If great. I'm wrong. Boring. <laughs> if you're wrong, we all die. Yeah. We all die in this yeah, room together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you and I have a couple of friends that <laughs> lead pretty depressing lives that might take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my two shillings as Mike puts it and his grasp on the <laughs> English currency system. Hey, if today's my lucky day, maybe I'm uh, ripped apart <laughs> by Benicio Del Toro. Uh, but that, that was the only gif I could find. 
Uh, and that was really the only thing I remembered from the like trailers was him tied up, I guess, pre mm. right on the cusp of transformation and him like with his sort of weird uh, vocal sort of stylings on like, I'm going to kill all of you. That's as close as you get to like, I guess the Benicio I know and love. And otherwise, I mean, it's a really, it's a really boring, like straight man role for uh, It's strange to see him in the part. I read that, unfortunately for him, I guess this is like a passion project. Like the Wolfman's one of his favorite movies like he's a collector of like stuff from like the original like wolfman and Mm. boy (laughs) was benicio not happy i bet was he (laughs) was he i saw that he produced it i Mm -hmm. guess i don't know about the goings on and dealings of movie production but god i I, I bet he wishes he had some sort of say on the the script there's that's that's very unfortunate that that he was that big of a fan It, it was a terrible movie you got you got pieces in place here, but it's one of those things. Where, and it's funny, like you can go back to as we were going last night when we were coming out of Invisible Man. We didn't really talk so much about it, but we were like, man, you and I have a bad history, as we alluded to at the start of this recording. Mm-hmm. As far as like <laughs> films, that's like Benicio del Toro is the Wolfman, can't miss. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's so simple. It's <laughs> such a a big bullseye to hit. Uh, you would have to be stupid to like you know fire outside of that to to make they this like super... cannot mess this up. No, to 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 have him like <laughs> be the the lying uh, star of Hamlet who comes in to investigate his brother's death, uh, murder at the hands of his father, Papa Wolfman. Who I haven't got to that. <laughs> I remember being very upset that we had to see <laughs> we had to see Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, like just <laughs> bare wolf hairy ass and all just like get down and like <laughs> grapple with his his son like the younger wolf man i just remember sitting in the audience thinking like there was another way to, to go about this <laughs> we didn't have to arrive here <laughs> so anyone... that's another another thing that i don't know how in the world they messed up whenever you put on paper like well, you're going to have two wolfmen fight each other. It's it seems reasonable, right? It's like seems, I mean, this it, it's in the the realm of the nonsense. But until you uh, watch Anthony Hopkins just like look bored for an hour and a half, it doesn't you know it doesn't build up to this like <laughs> you know that's the problem with like Superman movies, right? Uh, initially, they're like they need to give Superman like someone to fight equally. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, much like when Man of Steel came out, and they give him they they give me Michael Shannon as, as Zod. You know, they give me. I'm thinking, all right. Fantastic. <laughs> and then I get to the fight and I'm like, this is, wait a minute, this is not what I wanted at all. What is this? Like, <laughs> you're the ones getting paid to make this. You should know better. Don't, don't listen to me and the other, the other fools on the internet. <laughs> you should know as you're making it, like, yeah, this is, you know, they asked for a, a faster horse, uh, but we shouldn't give them that. We should give them a car. And that's how I felt with Anthony Hopkins. Like, you know, just, just bearing it all as this, disgusting like, <laughs> like disgusting silver creature. pubed <laughs> werewolf all over <laughs> just, just grappling settling that's something i brought up uh on the you know the podcast that now has been pimped out enough and won't be named but with the uh, sober cinema's uh, worst ever uh guest uh according to superfan hyro uh, when we talked about hollow man i thought with a film that trashy and one that actually has our invisible man like tweaking women's nipples like just because he can that's before he moves on to rape that's like his pre-rape is like i'm gonna take her tit out and just like you're invisible it doesn't mean they can't feel like a presence (laughs) around you like you fucking moron like they can't reach out and slap something yes yeah (laughs) um and then you know maybe there's a little bit of that invisible 
Visible Man, but I, I I think it plays better because you have a traumatized woman who's who actually believes there's a presence there, and so she's not she's not prepared at that point to grapple with something. Like if she if she does reach out and touch him, well, he's gonna beat the shit out of her. Like that's I mean that's the life she's led up to that point. My pitch for Hollow Man, and I come in there, you know, to fix this, to fix this shit. I don't have silver pubes, Anthony Hopkins and Wolfman. I'm like, this is not working. Uh, or you're not going far enough. <laughs> I think Hollow Man did not go far enough because Kevin Bacon has to be nude, like they established in Hollow Man. Uh, I won't, you know, Invisible Man has different rules, which I guess we won't mm. spoil that as far as, you know, what what exactly is going on with his, his like, origin story. Um, but... And everyone knows it. Everyone's in on like making him invisible. They inject him with some stupid serum or whatever. And there's oftentimes in the film where they try to like throw. I remember there's one sequence. I think of the woman who got her nipple tweaked who like throws like <laughs> packets of blood on the floor to see like where he walks. You get a little bit uh, of that in this version. It's not blood, thank God, but it's like <laughs> something more reasonable around the house. I felt like when you have Josh Brolin, I don't know if you remember this. He's the you know he's the good guy in Hollow Man. Uh, and he's I the one can't that, say I've watched it in a long time. Yeah, I can honestly, it's weird to me to say that I've seen it multiple times. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You've not liked it once. Like, why? You, <laughs> what is going on in my head? Where I'm so, like, it's one of those. This time, are you okay with yourself, Mike? <laughs> no. <laughs> why don't you love yourself a little bit more? <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments in podcasting was. I got on one day, and I remember, I don't remember what movie we were talking about. It was nothing against the movie, but it was just one of those things where I just, you know, did not feel good just in general. Like, <laughs> and I opened the show with like, today I, I finally understood why people want to kill themselves, and my co-host was like, "Good God!" <laughs> it's like, what happened? What's wrong? I was like, I'm just tired. I just want to go to sleep forever. <laughs> I just want sleep. That's it. I want nothing other than sleep. So, stand some of my rants to mm, work that you were going on. Look, about. yeah, yeah. Suicide talk is always a good opener on sober cinema. I probably should have opened with that. That's people like it. <laughs> you slap in so the you face should, with that. See the faces I get whenever I tell them I almost drove into the ditch this morning when I was driving <laughs> into work. Uh, so hollow man, uh, probably contributing <laughs> to that. You know, me feeling like a waste of my life, uh, seeing it multiple times. Easy fix. Nude guy, uh, tweaking nipples, jackass. Like he's like from like wet hot American summer, like this like pervy camp counselor or whatever. Like the way you settle him, you've got Josh Brolin who's bigger than him, as we're gonna have some grappling. But the <laughs> the funny and horrific part, if you want to get into slightly like you know, either homoerotic or homophobic, I guess, depending on how you play the characters, is Josh Brolin has to get his mind prepared that he may grab a dick in this fight scene <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> and then the Kevin Bacon character as invisible man, you know, there's a, there's a code of conduct. You know, you watch a James Bond movie or even going to the matrix with agent Smith and the Wolfman. You don't see, uh, even in the matrix, you know, Neo or agent Smith, like grabbing each other's junk and <laughs> Neo, not a real, Neo easily could have done it when you have like a thousand Agent Smiths, like, you know, in the burly brawl jumping on top of you. No one's going to like call him gay for accidentally touching one of the hundreds of bodies on top of him in the wrong spot. Do you see where I'm going with this? There, There is an element of comedy and horror for, I guess, for this straight man that's grown up being afraid of being accused of being gay that you're going to fight a completely nude man, a nude homicidal man. 
who can never clothe himself. He can't put on clothes. There can be no fabric uh-huh. because that gives him away. So you have to like you know if they're if they're just my sequence like uh <laughs> like the Sam Jackson sequence in Deep Blue Sea where he gives the mm. big like pep talk speech like the big mm. that sort of famous slash infamous scene. If they're just been a Sam Jackson character in Hollow Man, that's like, all right, boys, we're gonna have to come to terms with <laughs> that we may touch penis today. <laughs> and if Kevin Bacon, if we got him as Hollow Man hearing that speech, if he's in the room, he's like, oh god, do I want to like, do I give up now or not? Like, am I cool with that? Like, my dick's gonna be pulled in this fight. <laughs> So the very next scene would be them putting handcuffs on nothing. As he's I give up. up. <laughs> Roll credits. He goes into the blood packet room and you just, <laughs> you see nothing but, you know, bloody floating cock. Just like, there it is. Don't touch it. <laughs> Fight me straight up like a man. <laughs> I'm imagining Josh Brolin just fighting a floating pair of boxers. <laughs> <laughs> like look if you've seen hollow man more than a few times these are the thoughts you're gonna have you're like well <laughs> this could be infinitely more entertaining i love, I love it. that's where your mind went an invisible man that can do anything and you're concerned if you're going to grab his dick if you fight <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're scared of most. Not that he's going to watch you while you sleep. Or like poison your drink. (laughs) If you touch him, you might grab his dick. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure uh, if this podcast ever got popular uh, with segments like this, uh, we would get, this is why men can't review The Invisible Man. (laughs) (laughs) I think we disqualified ourselves. From any sort of oh, serious review of battered uh, hit women. Yeah, like, I think they've got a little bit more uh, fear on the mind. Uh, <laughs> That's what we're scared of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, where's the stick? Inch by inch, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. Imagine the freedom to fulfill any desire. Begin! Good morning, good morning, everyone! There he is. The question is, what would you do if you knew you could be seen? You find out life's this game of inches. The margin for error is so small, I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Somewhere in the deep, kill me. 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 Kill me.
Sad moral of the story. Mm. Coming, in, <laughs> coming in saying the Invisible Man. I liked it. This is this is what you do yep. in Invisible Man yeah. movie. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of this conversation, I'm like, maybe I need to watch Hollow Man again. Maybe I need to. <laughs> you suddenly find out Hollow Man is the scariest movie you've ever seen. Oh, God, his dick's out the entire time. <laughs> There's a man with his dick out. No, I can't see him. 